0: Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today, let us read from Psalm 104. Bless Yahweh, O my soul. O Yahweh, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as with a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. He lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. He makes his messengers winds, his ministers a flaming fire. He set the earth on its foundations so that it should never be moved. You covered it with the deep as with a garment, the waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke they fled, at the sound of your thunder they took to flight. The mountains rose, the valleys sank down, to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass, so that they might not again cover the earth. You make springs gush forth in the valleys, they flow between the hills, They give drink to every beast of the field, the wild donkeys quench their thirst. Beside them the birds of the heavens dwell, they sing among the branches. From your lofty abode you water the mountains, the earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock, and plants for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine and bread to strengthen man's heart. The trees of Yahweh are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. In them the birds build their nests. The stork has her home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The rocks are a refuge for the rock badgers. He made the moon to mark the seasons. The sun knows it's time for setting. You make darkness and it is night. When all the beasts of the forest creep about, the young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. When the sun rises, they steal away and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labor until the evening. O Yahweh, how manifold are your works! In wisdom have you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, Living things, both small and great, there go the ships, and Leviathan, which you formed, to play in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of Yahweh endure forever. May Yahweh rejoice in his works, who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to Yahweh as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in Yahweh. Let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless Yahweh, O my soul. Praise Yahweh. This is the word of the Lord. The way that this text is book-ended by the phrase, bless Yahweh, O my soul, makes it almost sound as though it is a continuation of Psalm 103 that we looked at yesterday. If it is, it's kind of fascinating. That would make for Then, another hymn that has been given to us by King David. This is not normally counted as one of his, because it doesn't directly have the the name written above it. But it would also serve as a nice pair, almost a parallel, although reverse, inverted, to Revelation chapter 4 and 5. If you look at Revelation 4, you would see God praised for the beauty and gift of his creation. And then Revelation chapter 5, the Lord is praised for his great salvation. Psalm 103 has a lot of focus as we talked yesterday about Christ's salvation for us. His great steadfast love that he removes our transgressions from us from verse 12. But today, 104 would be in parallel then to chapter 4 of Revelation, praising God for creation. It's one of the great works of God. It would be hard to make a top five list, right? I mean, what would you put on it? I think typically, as Lutherans, we would start with the cross. We would put Jesus' death and his resurrection. That's two. And maybe because you continue in the Easter season there, you would have his ascension. might make the list. The incarnation might make the list. All these things focusing on Christ is good. We could add in the last day when Christ returns and welcomes us into paradise. But note, you can't have any of those without the creation. And so the idea that God created and then also the idea that the Lord made you, fearfully and wonderfully made, knit together in your mother's womb. These kinds of things would be part of the list. So I I really have no idea how you'd organize the greatest five works of God. It's great just to rejoice in the great works of God. For they all go together. Without one, you lose the whole bunch. If Christ is never incarnate, then there is no salvation. If Christ doesn't die, our sins are still there. If Christ isn't raised, our, our faith is futile and in vain. If we weren't created, well, then there's nothing to be saved from. If there is no judgment day, then, well, we're just stuck in the grave. So all of them go hand in hand with one another so beautifully well. Anyway, this psalm praises God for the gift of his creation. It does end up getting used in temple worship historically speaking on their festival days so you see the phrase again bless Yahweh O my soul so all that is within me thanking God praising God for what he has done and again that is going to very specifically here focus on his works of creation it starts with the praise of God in verses 1 and 2 really kind of rejoicing in God's own glory his splendor and majesty, very royal, kingly kinds of words, that he clothes himself, covers himself with light. There are moments in Scripture, certainly, where that is discussed. Jesus at the transfiguration, the the visual of God given in places like Ezekiel or Revelation. Jesus Christ is the light of the world from John 8. Stretching out the heavens like a tent. That's such a tremendous phrase. So imagine pitching a tent, right? You have to stretch it out. You hammer in the various straps with your pegs into the ground to give it its support so it holds up. So the Lord stretched out the heavens. And a tent is only temporary. You set it up and then you take it away. Look at this temporary house that the Lord has given us. How tremendous is this place? When you stop and think about it, yes, it's broken. Yes, things are not perfect anymore because we destroyed it. We broke it. But, I just look up. Enjoy. Thanks be to God. He stretched that out, and it's only temporary, like a tent. It will be taken away, replaced with a new heaven and a new earth on the last day. He lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. Reminded me, for example, Matthew chapter 5, verse 35, the idea that the earth is his footstool. And so here his bedroom is described as being on the sea. The clouds are his chariot, as though he rides in them, (laughs) riding on the wings of the wind. The Lord created all of this. It is subject to him, whatever it looks like. He makes his messengers and his ministers like the wind and fire, that is he sends them everywhere these messengers uh, the the angels of God who deliver his word where he sends them but also fight for him wherever he sends them then we get into the more creational accounts that he set the earth on its foundation that it should never be moved God created all of this covered it with the deep as with a garment Now, that's not just a reference to the seas. It is, yes, but when you read that whole paragraph, you you then see it takes on perhaps a secondary meaning, or a second meaning, I shouldn't say secondary. So as you read your way through verses 6 through 9, yes, it sounds like God creating the sea, separating the sea from the land. This is good. He sets the boundary that it cannot pass. But as you read through it again, can you also see in it the account of the flood from Genesis 6 through 9. It might be an invitation to your children to, to read those verses and then say, when did God do this? When did he cover even the mountains with water? And then when did he rebuke them so that the waters fled? And again, the flood in, in view here, perhaps, for the psalmist. So the waters recede and that makes the mountains rise again where the valleys sink as you start to see these formations. It's both hand, perhaps, but God's creation certainly in view, and I think the judgment picture of those four chapters of Genesis really fits quite well. That you set a boundary they may not pass, so they might not again cover the earth. That's a both hand still. They covered the earth in the creation week, before God separated land from the sea. But also the Genesis 9 promise of the bow that God hung his bow in the sky we call it the rainbow the Hebrew word there is simply the Hebrew word for a bow a weapon of war or a weapon to hunt with and then verse 10 make springs gush forth in the valleys flowing between the hills giving drink to every beast of the field so God has used water for judgment God has used water to provide then he gives the birds of the heavens to dwell and to live in the branches from your lofty abode you water the mountains the earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work god provides to all matthew chapter 6 could be a wonderful parallel text for this psalm as well when jesus talks about how we as people need not worry about what we'll eat or drink or wear And then he points us to the flowers of the field he points us to the birds of the heavens neither of which can care for themselves the lord cares for them the lord provides and that's a very fitting theme for this this psalm also verse 14 god causes the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate so man to work the field genesis 1 it's what he created us to do he gave us dominion over the earth called us to care for it to be its caretaker, its steward that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man and oil to make his face shine and bread to strengthen man's heart so you get this fourfold nature of the good things that God provides you have food in general from the plants you also have more specific though so you have wine from grapes you have oil from for example, olives. You have bread from wheat grains. These things all have certain functions for man, don't they? Wine gladdens the heart. Not quite a reference to getting ju- drunk there, but just the the joy of of having a drink. Oil that they used almost like we would use lotion today to soothe the skin, and then bread. Strengthen man's heart, that food is for enjoyment as well. God provides. The trees of Yahweh are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. The cedars of Lebanon, in terms of the lore, the story, the history of Scripture, these are famed trees. These are like the legendary trees. Great trees of another kingdom out of which even the Lord's house, his temple, would one day be built by David's son Solomon. God waters them. They don't grow without his hand. Quite a bit to that phrase. In them, the birds build their nests. The stork has her home. So you get this list in verses 17 and 18 of four different kinds of animals and how they make their home in God's creation, whether it's a tree or a mountain, Maybe you've seen these animals before. I think I go into the zoo with my kids, and here at our zoo we have we have a display where there are hyrax or rock badgers, and you have to look up, look up high. They have turtles in that one too for whatever reason, so you have to look down for the turtles and up for the hyraxes. They're always hanging out up on the top rock. That's just where they like to be. So God gave all of these creatures different homes, and he made these homes for them. He made the sun, the moon, he made darkness, so he gives us seasons, he gives us time, he gives us day and night, he gives us all of these different things. Creation has to it an order. The sun goes up, the sun goes down, the seasons come and the seasons go. that will not cease until Christ returns. It might be a fun family conversation to talk, what do you like about God's created order? Oftentimes that phrase, God's created order, is used in reference to the discussions of the ever-heated topic of male and female in American society. But it's so much deeper than that, too, and so to use it here just in regards to simply looking at what God has made and how he designed it to work, that's a helpful thing to build that, then, to build that support for when you later do have to have those conversations with your children about male and female, and the important value that the Lord has given to each, men and women both being different, but equally saved in Christ, we're not equal in all ways but we're equal in the way of salvation in other ways though we complement one another we support each other we work together in order to care for all of these things that we've been talking about in this text so then you get the lions who receive their food from god they do so in, in the dark and then as the sun rises they go they go back to their den they retreat and sleep when they go to retreat to sleep man comes out of his and he goes out to work and he works until evening like a rotation they're taking turns here the beauty of god's created order you can talk about other animals bats come out at night and then they disappear and so forth yahweh how manifold are your works indeed how great how multiple uh, numerous they're everywhere In wisdom you have made them all, the earth is full of your creatures. And then he goes in to sing about the Leviathan, even, as he talks about the sea and how it has creatures innumerable. And this is true even to this day. We have no idea how many creatures live in the water. In fact, they're pretty sure that there are even creatures still in the water that we've never seen. It's possible Leviathan is one of them. There go the ships, so man's creation, and Leviathan, which you formed, to play in it. What a fun phrase. Leviathan, which is described in Job 41 to sound pretty much like our picture of a dragon. And then to think of it more like a a dolphin, just kind of flipping around and playing in the water and enjoying it. What fun Because the Lord's creation is good. So even, yes, even lions and Leviathan, before the brokenness, before the fall, these beasts were good. They broke when we broke what we were charged to take care of. They were under our stewardship until the fall. Technically, they're still under our stewardship, but they rebel against us just as we rebel against God. Now, is Leviathan extinct? Has the Lord done away with the Leviathan? Or has he simply pushed it away and hidden it from man because it became so destructive? I don't have the answer for that. But again, Job 41 can be a fun read. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. That phrase might sound familiar to some of your families as it is used occasionally in Lutheran worship in the introit or the gradual near the open of a a service so Psalm 104 verse 27 showing up in our liturgy and it's true God feeds his creation provides what they need you give it to them they gather you open your hand they are filled with good things what a picture God opens his hand and all of creation is cared for for God is good this could be a great family opportunity to study the small catechism's first article explanation from Luther. I'm just going to read it to you, but a great chance to memorize it together if you haven't already and just to talk about all the good that the Lord provides by opening his hand. So Luther, writing here, said, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger and guards and protects me from all evil. All this he does only out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy, Without any merit or worthiness in me for all this it is my duty to thank and praise serve and obey him this is most certainly true thanks be to God for his greatness and for his gifts continuing in the psalm 29 when you hide your face they're dismayed you take away their breath they die so as he opens his hand to provide he can also take away he gives he takes He sends forth his spirit, and they're created. All of this is still true. If there's an animal alive today, it's because God gave it life. If there's a man alive today, it's because God gave him life. And the Lord upholds these things with his own word, as we've learned in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. But he also takes that away in his judgment. May Yahweh, may the glory of Yahweh endure forever. So may we always look to the Lord. May we always see his mighty works and rejoice. And also may Yahweh rejoice in his works. This is similar to how if you make something with your hands, you get to enjoy it, right? You're, you're, you're glad that you made it. There's that moment of just thinking this was good. And the Lord gets to do that too. He gets to rejoice in the good of what his hands have made what his word has created and called forth. Who looks on the earth, who touches the mountains, so God present with his creation. I will sing to Yahweh, praise my God. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in Yahweh. So again, singing the psalm to God, praising him with all that we are. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless Yahweh, O my soul. There is a line, verse 35, let sinners be consumed from the earth, let the wicked be no more. Really can just simply take this as a prayer from the psalmist that God would restore his creation. So even though this has all been about creation, that act of God, a glimpse of salvation here, a glimpse of the last day when this is fulfilled, where God does indeed remove sin from the face of the earth and give us a paradise, welcome us into a paradise, where sin and death, the brokenness of man's fall into sin, no longer have an impact on God's good creation. Genesis 3, the curse of man, the curse of the land, weeds and thistles and so forth, will be undone in Christ. Amen. Amen.